Welcome back, everybody, to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. This is actually a part two episode. Part one, if you have not heard it, with Tasha Page, stop. Stop right now. Go listen to part one, our first conversation with Tasha. Then you'll hear how we met. And now then you can come back. So we are going to just hand it over to our sister and our friend. Because we have some questions and some thoughts, but we, we want to hear what you have to say. Can you please just lead us today? Well, I think uh, something that Rob brought up is very, very critical to where we're going. We want to be a bridge here. And so what I can admit, I'm sure what Brother Rod can admit, and you can admit, Bethany, is we don't have all of the answers. Yes. Amen. We, I can admit that. There's no formula here. Uh, all it is is that the spirit is leading us into a place where we know that sitting on the sidelines is not optional. Absolutely. That yes. as a Christian yeah. is not optional. Come on. It's not optional yeah. that I don't have conversations with people. Uh, I told a friend of mine before and, and uh, a Caucasian friend of mine before, and she said, Oh no, we, we have, we have all kinds of colored people and minority people in our church. Uh, th- we have like 20 some countries. I said, how many have you brought home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many have you, Bought home. How many have you had a conversation with? Not a conversation where, as Rod, you brought out where you're leading, but a conversation where you're listening. I think if we're going to get to a place, and this is where we want to go, where we can bridge. Uh, uh, actually, one of the uh, uh, a great mentor of mine told me years ago, Rod. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. Mm-hmm. She told me years ago in my infancy of Christianity, she said, "Your life's a bridge. Be prepared." Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. She literally told me that about my life. I didn't know what it meant. Uh, she said, but God will use you, Tasha, to bring people together. That's beautiful. And I said, God, this is however you want to do that. That's what I want to do. And so we want to start by this. We just want to come and listen. Um, we are dealing with a, uh, a, a issue that has manifested and has been infected for so many years. And as Christians, we kind of sit on the sidelines and try to let everybody handle it. Well, actually, the spirit that lives within us is the best way to handle it. As Amen. we were talking, we see that in Martin Luther King. We see him seeking God. His, his wife, Coretta, wrote in her book that one night the threatenings were, were so scary about him, his wife and his children. He literally went into the kitchen and put on a pot of coffee, and he had an encounter with the Lord. He mm-hmm. actually told the Lord, if you don't give me strength to do this, I cannot do this. And so, he, listen... In the face of fear, in the face of losing everybody he loved, here he gets empowered by on high to keep going forward because he knows that the God he loves and the God that he serves is grieved at what's happening. And so that's what we're doing. We're going forward in the face of and with the ammunition of that God is not pleased with what's happening here. And so you all have made space on this podcast to come and listen. You've made space for somebody that represents the African-American community. Have I suffered injustice? No. Glory be to God. I believe it's because of the spirit of God on my life. Mm-hmm. I had an encounter with a police officer with my family in the van in Washington, D.C. And that man, uh, uh, when he pulled me over, was very edgy. He was very upset. I, he said I was speeding. I said, yes, sir. Uh, but but Bethany, the whole time, you know, all I could see was he was almost grappling for his weapon. And I began to pray in the spirit on the inside. And I said, Lord, 
uh, I don't know what my brother is going through, but I want you to deal with this. Uh, the spirit of God took over because I knew that when we're faced with situations like that, I have the wisdom now, but Ron, I didn't always have the wisdom. Yeah. I, listen, that without God, I might've been downtown frustrated, mad, angry. Do you know what it's like to really see people that look like you and somebody has their knee on their neck and they're calling for their mother? Okay. Remember in, in podcast one, I said what burdened me and what God used was my mother crying. Yes. To hear a grown man cry for his mother. And so I thank God for where he's, he's, he, he has led me to that I, I, those uh, images grieve me. I can't watch them. I, I'm a prophetic person. Uh, uh, images stick in my mind. I can't watch the, a lot of that stuff. It stays with me. But, but, but what I do know is there's a larger conversation that we do have to have. And somebody has to be willing to pull up to the table. So even, even, even if I'm mad at white people, per se, even if I'm angry at white people, per se, I'm still going to have to pull up to the table and have conversations. So guess what? We're going to have to really be willing to get uncomfortable. We're going to have to be willing to come outside of what we know and have conversations and listen. If I don't know, then the best thing I can do, Rod, is to have a conversation with a person. And listen, there may be some things said that, 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 that I may not like. They may use certain words that I may not be familiar with, but I must be willing to decrease in a moment to hear the pain of a person in hopes that, God, I can do something. I can be a part of, of, of as Martin Luther King was, bringing some form of resolution. That's why I can't say that nothing has changed. Can I say that nothing has changed? If I sit here and tell you as an African-American person, nothing has changed, then I'm saying the sovereignty of my Lord has not prevailed and his sovereignty mm -hmm. has. I, I'm having a conversation with two of my brothers uh, uh, and sisters in the Lord. And I know because God has been at work. And so we do, we have to be willing to be a bridge and to open up conversations with people bring people into our space right yeah see george floyd is on the tv right he's not in my space but i have to be willing now rod to bring people into my space and maybe taste the pain of a people that i can't even imagine myself yeah you said you might be angry with white people and and as a white guy i would say i might be frustrated with black people but that's so easy because we just genericize them we just make them people but I'm not going to be mad with my friend Joshua, who's like a son to me, or like my mm -hmm. new friend Claude, who just came to our church for the first time Wednesday night, or Willie and Orreen. Willie's one of our deacons. He's amazing. Or Tasha, mm -hmm. or Terry, or any number of friends I have whose skin is significantly darker than mine. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be frustrated with those individuals because I have relationships with those individuals. And it seems mm -hmm. to me that the more individual relationships I have, the less I can be frustrated by what I might say are black people because they're not black people. They're my friends. They're people that yeah. I, they're people that I love. They're people that I, I weep for when mm -hmm. I have a sense of what the pain is that they're walking through. And the more of those relationships that we have with individuals, then it seems to me, and help me if, if this doesn't seem right to you on, on your side of the conversation, and we're going to go back to sides in a few minutes, but help me if this doesn't seem right to you. Um, it feels like the more friends I have who are people of color, I mentioned before we started recording Sophia, who is 16 and so beautiful and from Haiti. And I just love her smile and her infectious spirit. She's just beautiful. She's one of the most beautiful friends I have. And she's as dark skinned as anybody I've ever known. And so I don't think about black people. I think about my friends. 
Now, and, and I think about protesters differently because I don't really know a whole lot of people who are violently pro- protesting. And so it's harder for me to get into their story because I don't have friends like that. I don't have friends in that community. So is that part of what you're describing when you, when you say we're, we're seeing God work this out by virtue of the fact that you're sitting here having a conversation with us? I, I think so. I think that the fact that you opened your life to relate like you you opened your life to relate and listen it's really not that far removed to say i have a profound love for sophia's spirit and even to look at a protester because even at the core of who they are maybe a sophia spirit sure maybe no one's cracked the code maybe no one has heard or set and given time and attention and we're talking and listen we are talking about two different different people when we're dealing with a lot of this some people don't care about change and they're not even out there for change but there are (laughs) there's a grieving people right there there's a grieving people so so my connection is the fact that that i have a terry that i have a joshua and that even though that face doesn't look like terry and joshua Mm -hmm. they could be experiencing the same thing that terry and joshua are experiencing so I, i i can use that the fact that the, the experience that I have with them gives me a connection even with a person that I may not know, even though you know them intimately, Terry and Joshua, that intimacy of knowing them connects you even with the pain of a people that you, you have not even uh, uh, met or, or related to yet. It still opens you up to receive. So, so here's what I'm saying. If, if you're at uh, uh, Rafferty's or out to eat and, and you just see something happening with a person that you don't know, a person of color that you don't know, because of what you have built with Terry and Joshua, mm-hmm. it will compel something in you, right? right? So I don't really have to know you to feel. It will compel something in you to say, hmm, that's not right. Where did you get that point of reference from what you built? Yeah. So the more of those built. relationships we can cultivate. Absolutely. The more it's going to break down the, the walls that divide us by race and color. Absolutely. They're so, imperative. Yeah. Um, again, this is a worship podcast, and I want to keep coming back. I, I would gladly do a whole podcast on racial reconciliation. This is my heart. I love it. I love you. I love your funky hair. I love the way that you pronounce words differently. I love that your music is different from the music that I would listen to most of the time. I love all of Absolutely. that. Um, but it isn't just about racial reconciliation. It's also about worship. So again, how can the Sunday morning gathering, which which is famously the most segregated hour of the week, in, in our country, how can we take steps to integrate, or should we? Should, should we let the, the black church be the black church and the white church be the white church so that we can have cultural distinctives and then um, the rest of the time that we're together just love each other better? What do you think? Well, I think we have to look at the day of Pentecost, right? Okay. So on the day of Pentecost, we have a, a, a flavorful, fruitful, colorful <laughs> group of people. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. And that spirit fell on everybody and brought them all into a place of unity. Uh, were they all supposed to be in their separate locations? Obviously not. God had gathered them all there. They were all driven to this central location for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, what's the problem with our church creating worship that may not sound the way that I listen to or my preference, but the fact that we are exploring all the sounds of God, right? If, if it's an African type worship, if it's if it's a contemporary Christian, if it's Kirk Franklin gospel, however you want to look at it, 
what we're exploring is the sound of God. However, the sound of God wants to come out. We have to be intentional about God's sound. Is God's sound only contemporary Christian? Does, does, does God, is God's sound only? I, I was in a church service one time and this beautiful African choir got up and sang, right? I mean, I, I was like, oh, I've never experienced it. I'm a black person. Now, come on. <laughs> but I've never experienced this. And the mothers get up and they, yeah, 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 yeah. And, they, and I'm looking around like, oh, what is this? What is this? The spirit of life. And listen, honestly, I was in a multicultural church. And my white brother and sister were offended. They were offended about what was happening. Some actually left. And so I thought, man, we need more of this. Because if that's going to drive this up out of us, then we need more of this. Mm. Are we creating atmospheres in worship so that people can stay placated to what they like? Or are we being intentional about bringing something in, bringing a sound from heaven in that may make something arise in you to make you have to check yourself? Man, God, that kind of, I didn't like that. But why didn't I like that? Why why did that not feel like worship to me? Well, have I, I remember Robert Morris said this when his daughter was young and at a swimming pool and the Lord had asked him a question. Uh, uh, said, do you mind that right there? Because she was playing with a little black kid. Do, do, do you, how do you feel about that? And I'm kind of paraphrasing. Come to that same girl grew up and married a black man. But he said at that moment, he said, I knew something was in me. So let's be hmm. intentional about bringing things in god god has an array of sound let's be intentional about allowing these other sounds bethany arise out of our worship listen a miracle life center where i go under apostle chad collins we've sung we've sung just about everything <laughs> I know, it, it, but it's beautiful because you know why if it's god's sound and if it's a part of what god is doing and god's beautiful people then let it arise. And if it doesn't sit well with me, then maybe God is trying to get something out of me that's been in me for far too long. That's hindering, right? That's hindering where he's trying to take, uh, take our church to the, to the next place. Because mm-hmm. we can deceive ourselves, mm-hmm. right? When you're deceived, you don't know certain things about your own self. That's right. Come on. Yeah, in fact, I, I, I want to mention this um, version Bible reading plan called The Third Option by Miles McPherson. Uh, the, the se- I read the seventh day of the plan today, and it's a seven-day plan. It, it's five minutes a day. If you've got five minutes a day, I would encourage you to walk through this. The third option, Miles McPherson is um, a, a football player, a person of color, a pastor of the Rock Church in San Diego, California. Uh, and, and the last lesson was about blind spots. And, and if, if it's a blind spot, it, it means you can't see it. That's what defines it as a blind spot, which means somebody else has to point that out in you. That might be the spirit of God that points it out, but it also might be somebody who looks different from you or looks very much like you. There's no way to know, but I, I want to constantly invite people to, to tell me, what am I missing? What, what do I not see in myself? Because if it's a blind spot, I can't see it. Um, the third option, by the way, just super briefly, it's a book as well. Again, Miles McPherson, it's available on Amazon. I've already checked it out. It's on my wish list to, to, to buy and read. Um, but his point is there's the black way and there's the white way, but there's a third option. And the third option is the way of Jesus. Yeah. And so let's find a way to pursue the third option as Christ followers. And and I have just, I mean, I'm, he's brand new to me. I, I, I know very little about him, but what I've encountered so far has been 
deeply meaningful to me. And it feels like a place that can be a source of unity. And so much of what our culture has been pushing for, and, and I don't mean the three of us or the people listening to this podcast, I mean, primarily the advertising dollars driven media has been pushing for or pushing toward is division so that you can define your political party based on what news channel you watch. Mm-hmm. That's not the, that's one option or another option. Miles would say there's a third option. It's the way of mm-hmm. Jesus. And, and I love that. We need leaders like that in our country who can clearly and compellingly point us to a third option so that we don't have to think, is it the black way or the white way? It, it, it doesn't have to be. It's just the way of Jesus. Absolutely. And the way of Jesus, it is the white way and the black way and the brown way. It is the way that all of us walk. And then one day, you know, when we gather for worship for eternity, it's going to be a whole lot more. What was the word you used when you described Pentecost? Fruity? Yes. It's going to be Come a bit like you can't imagine of the eye as well as the taste buds. And so I, we might as well just get started. Let's find a third option. Absolutely. And that might mean that I have to give up some songs I like or some styles I like, regardless of whether it's new or old. And, and I, I told, you, told you guys, you both know, Unity Sunday that we do here at Woodburn on Martin Luther King weekend every year with the sister church, which is a black church in Woodburn, is my favorite Sunday of the year. And it's yeah. because I get to experience worship in a way that I don't, I don't lead well. But Sister Catherine Walker is amazing. And when she sits down and, and we do Order My Steps, with her at the piano. Come on. That is the cry of my heart. And it's the cry of my heart in a way that I don't know in my whiteness because that doesn't come out of my tradition. Back when I was in graduate school or even in college and we would do um, spirituals. And, and I'm talking now about the old spirituals, like sooner we'll be done with the troubles of the world or hush somebody's calling my name or um, ain't got time to die or Elijah. Yeah. Or I mean, I could go on because I love them all. But there's always been something in my spirit that said there's a part of me that hasn't been formed this way that I'm missing out on. And if I don't include those musical styles, if I don't sing those, Oh my goodness. Um, there's just my, my God gets bigger. My experience of God gets bigger and my understanding of the community of God gets bigger. And so why wouldn't we choose to do that in the way that we plan worship, the way that we lead worship? Why would I not invite a black brother or sister to come and lead a song from their tradition and teach us so that we have a bigger view of God? Isn't that so much about what we're supposed to do in worship anyway? Is Absolutely. Our folks up to the bigness of God. And, and that's not a white thing or a black thing, right? It's a God thing. Yeah. That's it's the just thing. a God thing. Uh, Psalms, uh, open my Bible, Psalms 133.1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people, yes. not white people, not yeah. black people, not Asian people, but when God's people, right, live together in unity. It, uh, the, the key that I found in that text was that word how. How means condition or quality, right? Mm-hmm. What condition or quality are we coming together in pursuit as God's people of God. God, what condition or quality do you want? You want this rhythm? You want this sound? And, and, and Rod, you said something. You said you have to give up. I don't think you have to give up. I think you have to be open for addition. Sure. Right? Well, I just meant you know, I, we, we only have so much time. So instead of doing four songs that I like or that I gotcha. with, I'll do two. Gotcha. And I'll surrender gotcha. the other two to a different kind of sound. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I, yes. We have to be open to add the the what God angels sing sing notes we cannot sing. That's you know, right. I woke yeah. up one morning and angels were singing over me in my bedroom. 
I had a supernatural encounter with God. They're singing notes we don't even know yet. So God, there's no depth in him. So why would I have to limit God to my preference? Why mm-hmm. can't I allow as God's people, right? Because I'm coming together to dwell with God's people. I don't look at it and say, oh, I'm going to a white church. I'm going to, I'm going to have worship with my brethren today. All I pray is that the spirit of God can move however, and everybody's willing to get out of the way so God's spirit can do what God's spirit wants to do. How That's how we're going to get into unity. How we're going to get there. It's not a space we create. Are you black lives matter? Or are you blue lives matter? Well, that won't work. That's too shallow. Okay. Are you Republican? Are you uh, a Democrat? Well, wait a minute. That's too deep. Okay. Let's do something. Okay. Are you a, a Red Sox fan? Are you a Yankees fan? Wait a minute. <laughs> See, we keep trying to create ways to unify and God is telling us there's never been a space in humanity's history where y'all been unified. Mm. You were born and shaped in iniquity. You don't know unity. I know it because I created it. So now unity is not anything I create. It's a place I enter. So Mm. I have to be willing as you, I'll take the word that you use, Rod. I have to be willing to surrender and enter into a place and a space that God has created. I enter that place by my spirit and whatever happens in that moment, whether it sounds Jamaican, whether it sounds uh, Caucasian, whether it sounds Latin, no matter what it sounds, I'm soaking it up because I've surrendered this moment to the Lord. That's how we're going to come to this place of unity. We don't get to create it. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how we get to this place in God. I surrender and God, I'm willing. I'm willing. Whatever, as you said, blind spot, whatever's in me that I have not noticed, God. Oh, I'm willing to see that. Psalms 139. Search me, oh Lord. And if there's something in me that is not like you, God, I want you to take this out of me. Have a willingness and an intentional, uh, being intentional about us uh, uh, coming into one another. I want to invade your space. Like, I want to invade your space. Bethany, we're friends. I want to invade your space. Bethany's my friend. Hey, I'm coming to your house. Come to my house. We are intentional about invading one another's space. And that's what we have to do as we continue to have this conversation. And really, you said it before, but that's what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was. That was his dream, a spiritual renewal and an entering into a unity that exists in the heart of God, not just political change, although that's important, mm-hmm. but that was not his primary calling. No, no, there's, we're dealing with two different people, right? So there's going to be people that are going to surrender unto the Lord, right? And the Bible says, can a, can a, can a leopard change his spots? Can an Ethiopian change his skin color? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. So, That can be, God's going to regenerate a heart. Only Holy Spirit can regenerate a heart. That's the highest level. Then there's these other people that that are not going to want to be regenerated. So we do need legislation, right? So we see it's not either or. We can have both. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, spiritual man, talking to the president, trying to make way. He understood that legislation would have to deal with some of that. On the other Mm -hmm. side, we still see a man building the kingdom of God. When he was in Birmingham jail, he, he didn't write to the president. He wrote to the church and said, where are you? Where yes. are my brothers? Why are yes. you not standing with me? And yeah. I, I have conversations with people. I don't care how you feel about a Black Lives Matter organization. How can you just agree that Black Lives Matter? 
can you just mm-hmm. publicly let let that be known? I do care that Black Lives Matter. I don't care mm-hmm. who's offended. I don't care how other it makes my friends uncomfortable, Bethany. This is how I, I care that Black Lives do matter, all of them. And so he wrote mm-hmm. to the church. And so here we are on this uh, uh, podcast today, calling to the church. We're yes. calling to the church, saying, "Where are you? Our brothers yeah. are in need. Our sisters are in need. Where are you?" And we refuse to sit on the sideline. We, even though, I, I, and I said this before we came on, I, I believe Martin Luther King civil rights. I think Jesse Jackson picked that up. I think Al Sharpton them they picked some of that up. But there is a spiritual mantle that was on that man's life. Mm-hmm. How how else could you get a man to make a call to Selma and you see people from all colors, you see people mm-hmm. from all denominations descend unto a place if it was not a call from the spirit of God. And I mm-hmm. think we're making that call today. I think this is the call that's being made on the podcast today. We are calling our brothers and sisters that however God can use you in this, be a voice. Don't be silent anymore. Your silence is complicity. And we refuse to be silent about someone we love. I don't have to know them, Rod, to love them. Yeah. I don't have to know Sophia. You talking about Sophia, yeah. put something in my heart for her. God <laughs> blessings upon her. You talking about Joshua, I love him like a son. Oh, that put something in me. So I don't have to know the background to have the feeling and the compassion to stand with them. And I think that's a place we have to get to. Yes. And, and worshipers have to go first. And, and there, it is a battle. We have to fight for unity. Disunity yes. comes natural, comes naturally. It's easy to be divided. It's hard mm-hmm. to be unified, which means you have to fight for it. It's kind of like in a marriage or in a family or any organization, a business. It's really easy for business people to splinter off and, and want to do their own thing. You have to fight for unity. And the, the testimony of scripture is that worshipers go first in the battle. And so this is a worship podcast. Worshipers go first. Link yeah. arms, join voices. When yeah. the black national anthem is sung, then sing it. Learn it. Be able to Come sing on. it. It, whatever the whatever the opportunity is, if if it's a, I really feel compelled. As soon as choirs are legal again, I, I want my choir to do an African American spiritual. We haven't done one. I've been here seven years. We haven't done a spiritual. Now we've done a lot of black gospel oriented music. Our church loves that. Um, Sister Catherine Walker says we're the blackest white church she knows, and I think that's a great great compliment. Um, I, I do. But we've never done one of those traditional spirituals. I love those. That's a part of musical heritage. It's also a part of spiritual heritage. And I'm so grateful, Tasha, for your reminder that this is not a battle that we can win in the flesh. It's a battle that we can only win in the spirit. And we can only win if empowered by that spirit. And and so we're going to have to fight for unity. And we're going to have to fight Mm -hmm. for it in church. And that Mm -hmm. means that I'm going to have to try harder to find more people of color to be a part of the worship ministry here. Yeah. I'm going to have to find more people on stage who look different from me so that when somebody walks into the room for the first time, they see somebody that looks like them. And and we're, I think we have to do that everywhere. I think that's the only way that we're going to break down the walls is if people can see that I stand next to one of our worship leaders here is Kiana Moore Stewart. I, I love Kiana. She's beautiful. I love leading worship with her. We need to see that more. And, and when we stand side by side with people who look different from us, it says something. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want us to say something. So yeah. I would call on you, worship leaders, worship planners, worship pastors, fight harder for this. Don't just, mm-hmm. you know, receive somebody if they come, fight for it, go after them. Um, and by them, I mean anybody different from you. 
I, I don't mean them to be degrading or demeaning in any way. I mean, just Absolutely. the opposite. Um, consider one another better than yourselves, Philippians says. Find the people who are better than you and go grab onto them and grab them at a, a local university or a high school or somewhere. And let's just find a way to, to make the worshipers go first in the battle that the church has to engage in for the unity of God's people. Absolutely. Is that, yeah. Does that sound right to you, ladies? Again, I'm a, I'm a white man saying this, and, and that feels wrong because of all the reasons that it can be. But is it, yeah, does that sound right? Does that sound true? Absolutely. It, it, being intentional. Being intentional. I, I, be intentional about, I, Lord, when I look at God, I see all kinds of beauty. Why would I stand from the stage and look up from the from the pew to the stage and say, we only got one kind of flower up here. We need more flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. When we, I, we, when need, I showed we need up, more flowers. When I showed up with my kids at Tasha's backyard Bible camp that she was having for the kids in her neighborhood, she gave me the microphone and she said, sing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to be prepared in season and out of season. <laughs> yeah. So she shared her platform with me. That's what we do, right? Because why? Because I wasn't giving a microphone to a white woman. I was giving a microphone to my sister, right? And if we're not careful, we look and say, oh man, I'm so sorry that's happening to them. If they're God's people, it's happening to us. Yes, absolutely. Our family. Right, right. It's It's happening to us. And so I'm not looking like I'm going to save or... Or, or do something great for them. I'm doing it for us because when we represent the kingdom, there's only one banner. That banner is Jesus. He is the banner over the kingdom, and so we're doing it for us. So I'm being intentional because my father has been intentional about all races. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no free. There's no bond. There's no male. There's no. My father has been intentional, saying whosoever. Well, who's a whosoever? That's all of us. How can I serve a God that is as intentional as that? And I am selective. Uh-uh. I'm coming by the spirit in harmony. I want to have, a, isn't that what the Holy Spirit is doing? He's creating and molding us into the image of God. He doesn't speak on his own. He speaks what he hears from the Father. He's leading us into this place and becoming this image divine nature as as uh, we hear in first peter we're becoming the divine nature now so how can i serve a god that's an intentional about all of us being on one accord and i'm not actively a part of doing that i want to be in the fight the good fight as you said brother rod one more comment and then a question for you tasha the comment is um we're all made in the image of god which means if i look at somebody else and i look i look at them as an image bearer they are bearing the image of Christ, then I will treat them differently. And it doesn't matter who the them is. It can be somebody richer or poorer. It can be somebody foreign or domestic. It can be somebody black or brown or white. It can be somebody that is far from God. And it can be somebody that's walking with God. Every one of them has the image of God stamped on them. And when I begin to treat people that way, because I think of people that way, then I am, then it's all about us. It's just a different part of who us is. And I'm so grateful to Ravi Zacharias for 
beating that into me as I've listened to him over the years that we're all awesome. the bearers of, of Christ. Um, yeah. My last question, Tasha, is just a hyper-practical one for the worshiper who's listening, for the worship team member who's listening, for the worship leader who's mentioned, who's listening. What's the next step? What can we do? Give us two or three, just things that we can do right away, like today or this week that can make a difference in this battle for unity. Absolutely. Again, I have to go back to my, the word I keep saying. You have to be intentional. Who is sitting among us that we may not have tapped? Who's 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 uh, maybe a, a, a local person you've heard in the community that sings very well that may be untapped? Who can I bring in? You know what? Maybe I need to gather my worshipers together. Maybe they don't have a clear picture, even though I may have been trying to paint a picture. You know what? Maybe I should get some help because the kingdom is full. The king. Maybe I bring someone else in that can help bring across what it is that that we're trying to do here. Maybe I just pull in some resources to help bring my people together. And listen, I think what never hurts us and what I think where we get stagnant at is communication. Can we keep talking about it? Like, can we keep talking about it? Okay, well, there's been no killings. Can it die down? No, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to be intentional about the type of choir, the type of worship team that that we want to see here. So we're going to ever be mindful. We're going to ever be on the lookout. We're going to ever be initiative about finding people, finding resources, and helping us keep a conversation going. I don't want to talk about, hear me, I don't want to talk about this when people keep dying. Hmm. Yeah. Does it take a death to understand? Do do we have to keep watching brutality on television and phones? Do we have to keep watching brutality for us to understand that God's kingdom is way more flavorful than we want to admit? I don't want to do it in this context. So let's keep hmm. talking. Let's keep talking. You keep teaching, Brother Rod. You keep uh, actually, you know, it's going to be for many people. It's going to be stretching us. And, and God, if your life is a bridge, what does a bridge do? It stretches from one place to another to connect. So you're going to have to keep stretching your worship leaders and bringing them into a place that they say, man, I, I didn't even know that. If we keep talking, if we are intentional, and if we are actively exposing ourselves to things that may not be comfortable to us, I believe we're doing the greater work of what God has called us to do. I really believe that. Let me ask you one more question. I think it's a quick one. Um, I, I sometimes feel guilty when the only conversations I have with people of color are about race. Um, it's, it seems to me like we need to have a big enough relationship that race is a part of what we talk about, but it's not all we talk about because we're friends. And friends don't just talk about one thing, no matter who the friend is. Is that Does that sound right to you as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even want, listen, I don't want to, I have to go back to what I said about Bethany. You know, Bethany, Bless, bless my friend. I love you, Bethany. <laughs> Bethany showed up full of tears, and I, I, I understood that she was hurting. We, it's not just that context that we relate to one another in. What I appreciated about her is her saying, "I, I can't relate to you here. I, I want to, I want, I want to feel your pain in this place, and I'm in this space as well for you to be a person to talk to. I, but we are, we're just people, Rod. Rod, we're just people. Yeah. We're we're not just boxed into a category of oh these are the trauma people these are the hurting people these are that's what, God showed me something about I used to go and feed the homeless with my mother uh, they had a, a a private ministry and you know I would take pictures sometimes and stuff and the Lord the Lord spoke to me the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me He said 
what are you doing? I said, you know, just take a picture for the homeless. And you know, he said, where do you live? He said, you're born again. Where do you live? I said, Lord, ultimately I live with you in New Jerusalem. He said, well, aren't you homeless too? Mm. He said, stop, stop acting like you're going to feed the homeless and go take care of your brethren. That's beautiful. And I said, Mm-mm. I got you, Lord. A blind spot, Rod. It was a blind spot, right? Because yep. I'm, I'm doing the Christian thing, right? And the Lord said, you as homeless as they are, those are your brothers and sisters. Stop putting them on display and love them. Care for them. That, that's all we have to do. Have conversation. I've sat and had conversations. I tried to feed a homeless man one time. You know what he told me, Rod? He said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want your, your money. I said, well, brother, I'm, I'm trying to feed. He said, are you going to sit down and have dinner with me? Hmm. Yeah. I said, absolutely. So sit down and have dinner with me. If we talk about race, let's talk about race. Because we don't have to be afraid or fearful of it. We're not going to have the same experience. We're not going to have, it's just, it's not going to be the same. But let's just go to dinner. <laughs> let's just have a conversation. Let's eat Indian food. Let's let, eat Indian food. Let's go to Indian oven. Come on. Come on. And just talk. Let's just talk. Yeah. Let's just talk. Let your guards down. Okay. Let, I don't know. Should I? Let's just talk. And if you say something wrong, Rod, guess what? I have enough grace for you. Mm-hmm. I have enough grace for. And, and for you would you. have an open invitation to speak correction into my life, which I think is the is a missing dynamic. Often, as we want to speak, we don't want to listen, and we want to be right. We don't want to be righted. And so, I, I absolutely want to learn. And the only way to learn is to say something wrong that somebody goes, eh, "I don't think that's quite it." What if absolutely. What if you thought about it this way? Um, which is a a grace-filled way to have that conversation. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm digging the idea that we go to dinner. Bethany, Amen. anything else before we, before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I think the, the key is reciprocal serving, that we serve yeah. each other. You know, yeah. it's not, I don't think it's correct to say all the white people need to go serve the black people. Like, mm-hmm. we need to serve each other and we Absolutely. need to receive from one another. So I, I tell you, I have received so much in my life. I, I, I text Tasha every now and then because I hear somebody teach something that she taught me first. And I always have to tell her because I've heard many things that other well-known, nationally known teachers are teaching from the word. And I have to text her right wow. then and tell her, you taught that to me first. Mm. My life is enriched because of her. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. If if I'm always the one who's serving the other person, that's a place of arrogance. Absolutely. And so the only way that we can humble ourselves is to be willing to be served as well. And so thank you Absolutely. for that reminder that, that we're always teachers and students. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's so good. It's first, uh, let me, can I read this scripture really yeah. quick? It just oh, came, please. it just jumped up in my spirit. Oh, First uh, Corinthians 3, 8. Mm. The one who plants... And the one who waters works together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. We're partners. You are not to just serve me. We serve one another. We are partners in this. And when we we really get this God image and, and see people from this and understand that we are in a partnership with the divine, then we serve one another. However, God calls us to serve one another. Amen. 
and sometimes serving together um, side by Absolutely. side, not, not one side or the by other side. by side. That's Absolutely. So, so beautiful. Well, listeners, um, I certainly hope this has been helpful for you, encouraging for you, challenging to you. Um, I would encourage you, first of all, to pray. Um, see if there's something that the Spirit of God speaks into you about what we've talked about. Don't do anything we yeah. said because we said it. Do what we talked about because God says to do it. And, and in that obedience, you will find joy and meaningfulness and transformation. Um, we hope to have some more conversations like this. And so uh, in order to not miss those, you can subscribe to So Every Soul Sings on iTunes or Spotify um, or future pl- platforms, whatever they may be, because we want to keep this available. And if this has been helpful, and I really trust it has. It has been for me and um you know, Bethany and I on occasion will tear up. I don't think either of us have cried as much as we've cried in these two episodes. Um, but if this has been helpful. Sasha always you, makes me cry. Yeah. And Rod, you make me cry too. So y'all just make me cry. It's a, it's a soft heart um, that I think honors God. So if it's Amen. been helpful for you, then can I just ask you to share it? Let, let other people know. If there's somebody in particular that struggles here, um, this may be a grace filled conversation that would make it possible for them to take their next step. Um, I really do believe with all of my heart that the worshipers has to go first. The worshipers have to go first and the church has to step into the yes, path. Of I can't yes, say that strongly enough and I, I want to do better and I want to do more. And so Amen. if you're listening and you're a part of my church or my life and you see a place where I can do better or I can do more, I, I would welcome that input from you. Please, please tell me, show me the way to go. And, and I will, I will do my best to follow faithfully. Um, we don't often pray on the podcast, but I feel like this is a moment that that needs to happen. Um, so Tasha, would you just close us in prayer? Absolutely. Father God, we are so grateful um, that you have brought us together. Lord, we are honored for every person sitting under this voice listening. We are honored for every ear. Father, we know that the Spirit is doing a work in all of us, even at this very moment. And God, we just want to surrender to your work. We don't want to resist you. God, we, we, we don't want to combat you or contend with your Spirit. But Father, we are asking and we are open for the revelation of whatever blind spots we may have. And Father, yes. you know what? We may have judged somebody. We may have looked at a person. We may have dug through their background before we even realized that they are your image. Mm -hmm. They are your image bearer. And so, Father, we want to do better. And so, Lord, I just ask you that for every person that's listening, I just ask you, Father God, that the spirit of the living God would do a work in their hearts. I bless Rod today. I bless my sister Bethany today. I thank them for being willing. I thank them, God, that you're moving on their hearts, Father God, as we have said again, to be the bridge. Father, we know with you, by your spirit, by your power, God, we can be a difference. And Lord, we say thank you today. Thank you for what you have done. We've been honored to sit in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. We'll see you next time.